Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast, The Attacking Two. I'm your host, Jimmy Funnel, and I'm joined by both fellow host Andy Martin and today also by returning guest, Ram Sarinas, my fellow writer at We Ain't Gonna History, who'll be joining us today to speak about the humiliation that took place yesterday and also how several of Chelsea's youngsters could be the key to a successful future. Of course, we will also be addressing Maruzzo Sari and other various topics that emerged after yesterday's defeat. So, without further ado, you know the question. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Okay, before we start, I'd like to plug our guest. Make sure to follow Ram under his Twitter handle at RamS. That is with a double R at the start and with three S's at the end. That's his Twitter handle, and of course, do follow his articles at Whitney and Gutner History. His loan roundups are always worth a read to keep up to date with every single loanee, and there are a few, so go and give that a try. Of course, you can find all our plugins in the description below. Okay, so Ram, lovely to have you on. Hi. Sad occasion, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, let's get straight into this. Um, I think there's not much to talk about the actual game as such because we know how it went. But I'd like yep. to know, what were your first thoughts at full time? Uh, my first thoughts at full time were, thank God it's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the prevailing sentiment was, I don't know, it, it just got me thinking about a lot of things to do with the way the club has progressed over the years. I mean, so I, I didn't really think too much about the result itself because, you know, we we lost 4-0 to Bournemouth two weeks ago. So, yeah. so yeah, it just got me thinking about what exactly is happening at the club and where, where it's going. So, le- less about the game itself and more about where we are at this point in time. Although, although I will say that um, I thought Kante and uh, Higuain performed better than the rest yesterday. I, I liked I liked Higuain because he, he seemed like he, he was actually trying, you know? One, one of yeah. the few players who looked like they were trying. So, yeah, those are my initial few thoughts. Although we can probably get into the long-term stuff in a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's actually something very important because um, when Andy and I uh, were watching the game together yesterday, I think we we did mention that Higuain did seem, at least in the set in the first half, like the only one who was trying to give it a go, uh, while the rest of the team just faltered. And um, I mean, I can remember Andy, uh, Andy's reaction after the first two goals that was pure desperation, and I can fully echo that sentiment because it was just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. I mean, Andy. Share your thoughts um, about the performance. Well, speaks for itself. Um, my first thoughts were, and that wasn't at the end of the game. It was already when we were two 0 down, three 0 down. It went very quickly, and I thought, all right, back in the days when we had real leaders, and that wasn't even five years or ten years ago. I think with um, John Terry leaving the club, it all started to fall down, not in the sense of uh, us being not um, able to get in good results or anything. We, we we still had spells of playing good football without Sean Terry, of course. 
but from a mental standpoint, from the mentality of the team, um, I can absolutely see that there's no one in the dressing room who actually does something, makes something happen if no one else can. And if if if, so, if if the team falls down, everyone falls down, not a single leader in that team. And it wouldn't have happened in all my life watching Chelsea. And of course, the results speak for, for themselves. It was the worst defeat since 1991. And, you know, Chelsea was... was uh, what a team we were at, at this age. Um, mm-hmm. We surely don't want to go back to, to these times. So... Um, what I, I see in that team is no urgency, acceptance of, of defeat so early in the game, um, not trying. Because you can lose a game of football, uh, especially against Manchester City, no doubt about that. And they would, would have been happy if we actually gave it a go. And you can also lose 3-0. But the way we've lost, like there's, there's not a single player in there who says, all right, we shut down the shop. Uh, we're not conceding anymore. We kind of only defense but we're doing nothing we we were just doing nothing players doing all right there's there's i think three types of players in that team in in yesterday's performance the first ones are the players who are actually trying but they can't do anything because they're they're not good enough marcus alonso uh and and maybe yoginho as well then there is other players who just went went turning up i'm talking about eden hazard Pedro, who tried a bit, but then not really. Uh, Rudiger, who was, yeah, sometimes looks the only leader in the team, but he's not He's not leading by example. He's he's having a worse performance than, I think, any performance I've ever seen him play in a blue shirt. And then there's one or two players who, yeah, they, they were trying. Higuain and, and Kante, uh, Ram said it correctly, but what can Higuain do if he presses alone? It's, there's exactly. no point in that, so... It yeah, was that, the worst performance sad. I've ever seen, I think. That, yeah. that, that Actually, because you just highlighted that, Andy, with the pressing, that was really sad. I felt so, so sorry for Gonzalo Higuain yesterday. I mean, he, he, he was pressing, and it was as if the team completely threw everything that they learned over these past six months overboard. I mean, in Sari's system, when the, uh, the striker, the centre-forward presses... Then you have the one winger press with him, plus someone comes from midfield. None of them did that. None. I mean, Barkley was an absolute shambles yesterday. I mean, that third goal was comical. Uh, that that schoolboy. That's a schoolboy error, really. It is no one does that. Even me, who and I don't play professional football. Even I know you just head it away, any direction, but not towards goal. I mean, that is especially when you have someone as potent as. Sergio Aguero pouncing at any chance that's given to him. It, it, I mean, it, it, it's uh, one thing I want to address is I don't know about you because I, I know we've you've mentioned it partially already, but when I came home yesterday and while watching it, when I remember back to this one nil defeat we had to Manchester City last year, I was angry. I was really furious. I. I I couldn't stop getting angry thinking about that game. And the same was the case about Bournemouth two weeks ago. But Mm. yesterday, I couldn't get myself to be angry. I was just, I felt lost. I I felt completely dejected, completely 
dead inside. I know this might sound melodramatic, but I really, I, I've never uh, actually experienced this since supporting Chelsea since the 90s. Never have I seen such a dire performance where we were completely dead after, what was it, 15 minutes? And mm-hmm. the it's just, it, it was sad. I, I don't know. I, I still can't get myself to be really, really mad because mm-hmm. there's so many problems from top to bottom and you don't know where to start. You know, Jimmy, I think what the difference is, and that is, I think, with all of, of us here speaking, is that last year we weren't in favour of Antonio Conte anymore. So it was really easy for us to get angry. Um, but this time around, we want to do sorry, or, or we want to, to to have sorry for a long time, at least um, a, ahead of the game. I, I, I was in favour of sorry staying for a long, long time. I'm not so sure um, anymore. But um, at the same time, we want him to do well. But he simply... Yeah, is it the players to blame? Is it anything else to blame? So it, it is kind of a situation where you're standing there and don't know where where the source of, of all the bad stuff coming out of our club is anymore. You're standing there and don't know anything and being, yeah, just just extremely depressed about it. Yeah, yeah, I know. that That, that is definitely the case. I mean, Ram... If we if we now move away from the players, uh, because let's be honest, there were so many shambolic performances yesterday. It'd be necessary to have, probably have two podcast episodes to talk about <laughs> the individual performances. But um, one, while I would agree with most of the sentiment that uh, the main bulk of the, the 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 problems yesterday was on the players. Marito Sari shouldn't be seen as being completely um, not responsible for anything that happened yesterday. Because personally, and this is what I'd like to ask you, is do you think his in-game management, so substitutions, the way he set out the team in the second half, plus his mm-hmm. team selection, was a big uh, or played a big part in us? Um, losing the way we did yeah definitely uh i had a lot of issues with the team selection yesterday mm. uh, for one the left side of uh, marcus alonso ross barkley and sad to say Eden Hazard is uh is quite weak it's a glaringly weak area in our game as of now and i don't think those three should be played together as good as hazard is he is not going through the best patch of form right now no, he no. was early in the season, but now I think it's becoming apparent. Uh, I know he shifted to a false nine and everything, but he just hasn't been at it for a while. So, um, and and I know Ross Barkley played well against Huddersfield, uh, but with all due respect, that was Huddersfield. And I I would have gone with uh, maybe Loftus Cheek instead, as he Loftus Cheek would actually offer more retention on the ball in that position. I believe that he could prove to be a more solid option in that left midfield because uh, in a game such as yesterday's against Manchester City, I felt that we were really struggling to hold on to the ball. We were we were conceding it to Manchester City at, at their ease. Uh, their, their game is all about uh, closing down the right spaces. Uh, they, they, don't, uh, they don't play tiki-taka. 
mm. but they 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 position themselves in such a way that um they're they're in the best places to to receive i mean to 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 pressure their opponents into losing the ball easily and that we were playing right into their hands yesterday because you know um and this is where sari's in game management comes in because he he is not showing the variability that uh, mourinho or even conte showed um in the over the last um two or three years or so because all, all i've seen from sari over this the course of the season is him trying to get his tactic across and to come through in a certain game and uh, apart from that one variation to the false nine system while uh, jiru and morata were firing blanks a week in week out he hasn't done much to adapt his system and the thing is i feel that his system isn't meant for english football uh, not just talking about manchester city but you you talk about teams like hard like um, bournemouth or it could easily be cardiff on, on another day basically teams that sit back teams that uh, will close you down smartly but not don't necessarily want to hog possession uh we will struggle against those teams because we are looking to we're looking to break their press we're looking to pass a lot we're looking to play a lot of short passes and that sort of game just isn't working i wish sari would make a couple of simple tweaks to his game i feel that that would make a lot of difference in the way that it's being scaled over from italy to england but i feel as if he's being very steadfast in playing the same sort of game and it's just not working so i wish he were a bit more flexible i don't have too many issues with him as a manager uh, he seems like a he seems like a sound guy he's he he lives and dies by his philosophy i respect that but your philosophy doesn't have to mean that it's set in stone it it does i mean you are allowed to make a few tweaks to adapt to the place you're playing in i think that's very important so i think he could do with more of that hmm that is that is definitely um a good thought or a good uh way of beginning to start and counter all these problems that I inherit at the club. Andy, what would you say? Would you agree with Ram's assertions? Mm. Well, there is obviously um, potential in the tactical area. Um, I think no one would dispute that. But I think where we go wrong and where we go massively wrong is not uh, are not tactical issues. I think um, it's... How can I put it in the, in the, in the best way? It's not only that Sari is a manager who lives and dies by his philosophy. I also think he is overrated in the sense of um, personal management. It was always said that um, personal management, that is one of his strengths. And um, I think I actually, I, I speculated about that. I think it was a few months ago and it wasn't that podcast when I said, um, well, I don't think he he gets across to the players and players of Napoli and players of 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 a club based in London have different attitudes about themselves. It seems like to me that players are not re- respecting Sari in a way and we can now discuss about how a player should carry himself in a football club and I think a player should always listen to the manager and no matter what you think as a player in order to make a system work you have to Yeah, you have to play to the system and not to your to your own strengths. And there, are, of course, players. And and I don't think any a single player in in that squad is stupid enough to not get Sar- the Sari system after half a year. So yeah, but Andy, Andy, uh, because you because you said that 
there. You think his man management skills are overrated yeah. in that regard. Uh, mm. But doesn't that say more about our club, or n- not the club, but our team, our squad, than, more, than yeah, about sure. Maurizio sure. Sarri? Because it worked in Napoli, because those are people, or those were players that played for each other, that sure. didn't just shit on his head, that actually took in his advice, took in his tactical uh, instructions, mm. and played what he tried mm. to do as Pep Guardiola, and that is the yeah. even more salt in the wounds after his press, his post-match comments actually illustrated. Mm-hmm. Sure, I, I would, I would absolutely agree on that. But there's two things in life, you know. There's, there's, there's the one hand where you say, "All right, he's a brilliant manager. He knows his football," but um, you know, players should listen to him because they should listen to him. That's, that's at least my opinion how it should be. But you don't always get it that way because players can't be stupid enough to ignore, like to don't to not get it. What I think is that players are ignoring him, and players play how they want to play anyway because the squad isn't isn't big enough, and Sari is not used to rotating players, so they have a false sense of of security there. And the result is losing six nil to to Manchester City. So what you have to do, maybe to like if, if if you have that's the kind of scenario in in a company where some some guys is, is leading the company and he's the brightest guy ever and does understand his business but simply doesn't get across to to his members of staff and they don't do what he wants um well you can now say well we should yeah, change every single member of staff because they are idiots and they don't do what the what the boss wants and the boss clearly is the cleverest um, person in the room. Or you can say, I changed the boss because obviously that has the most impact because the players mm-hmm. will always be be around. They they are on on long term contracts and they clearly have quality. No one is disputing that, but they need someone who they respect and. They know it as well, and they they are really self confident. And of course, I want Sari to succeed. But at the end of the day, if the easiest change to our miserable performances is that you get a new manager in, I have to say, all right, let's do that. I I I mean, I've seen all the Twitter uh, or the social media reactions. Not only Twitter, to be fair. Um, about the, the sacking of sorry being an option but i mean while that might help for the first few months I, I, th- we have to break this vicious cycle of just always heaping all the blame on the manager i don't i don't think that sorry's i mean he did make big mistakes and i was pissed off with it you heard me yesterday i was very pissed off with his team mm. selection but um this just this the roots stem from somewhere completely else than just sorry because this recurring pattern of it being as Ram mentioned before with Conte, Jose Mourinho and now with sorry this this goes deeper than just uh, the manager I mean you can't expect sorry after having just a week not even a week of pre-season with the full squad um, and you know two I mean in two transfer windows he's had two low knees and Two, two purchases in form of Kepa, um, Jorginho, and the two loanies Kovacic and Higuain. Is that really him being backed by by the board to mm. implement a completely, you know, this is a radical change of everything that has 
that characterized Chelsea Football Club since 15 years. I mean, I know Carlo Angelotti played a certain brand of attacking football, but still. And expecting him to just turn everything around in a very short amount of time, what not even Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp was able to do, mm-hmm. they needed years, is it's, it's madness. And they got all the signings they wanted, and they finally got yeah, to, but Jimmy, to, to, to put the... I mean, look, J- I, let, let, me, let me put yeah. it like this. If, if they don't want to do the backing and they wanted this all short-term, if they just want the success and just uh, the short-term success, why? Why get sorry in at all? Why, mm. why try and start this new philosophy if they're not going to give him the time? They're going to sack him straight away again. Not going to back him. It makes no sense. And mm-hmm. I, I think the main, I would put the main bulk of this, this, this uh, uh, fault on the Chelsea board because not, uh, not for t- yesterday, because the, just for that, there's so many factors. But overall, over time, for me, this all links back to the Chelsea board, the Chelsea hierarchy, having no idea what the fuck they want for the future, no plan how they want to actually get there. Because we don't have a director of football, because Roman Abramovich, you heard Sari yesterday, he maybe has talked with him once or twice. That's it. We have, we are a headless chicken at mm-hmm. level. Yeah, of course you're right. But I think on the other hand, that is not... Like a, a performance like yesterday, it's not down to not having the right players because we have quality players. It's not down to the board is doing something wrong. It's also not down to we're not playing the right brand of football. It's just down to mental, to the mental game and and, and the mental, how can I say it? It's, it's like you don't lose like that. If, you, if you're any team in that league, if you're Cardiff, you don't lose 6-0. You don't allow that to happen. Otherwise, you're weak. And... Uh, I think Jamie Carragher said it yesterday, and I, I thought there's even there's some truth in in in, in the quote. Um, he said, "Sorry, has turned Chelsea into Arsenal," and yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure if if it is if it is sorry, because it is not sorry alone. But we 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 have no resilience, no no urgency, nothing, nothing, and. That is, I've never seen a Chelsea team as weak, and I used to laugh at Arsenal, but now we're the new Arsenal. We the banter days seem to have come around to Chelsea Football Club, and I hope they are not staying around. What What do you think could we do immediately now to pull things around? What What does the club or Sari have to do to turn things around to get us on the right track because every time when Sari has said it's down to the motivation and has criticized the players we have brought a reaction the next week or in the next game which would be then uh, um, what's the, what are they called Malmo but you'd mm-hmm. expect us to win it anyway and then the next game they, they completely uh, fuck up again which would be Manchester United so arguably the even more important game what 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 has the club got to do right now? Um, so you know, there's this there's a underlying theme of papering over the cracks here, and doing something right now would essentially be the same. Although I do think that right now, if if something has to be done, um, I don't think the board will sack the manager because, I mean, 
gee, I, I don't see any alternative set to take over. I'm pretty sure we're not going to call Go sitting back for another spell. There are people like um, Van Gaal or Laurent Blanc available for interim spells, but that is, I, I don't think that's the way to go. I think the onus is on Sarri to, you know, he has to take a look at himself and he, he has to look at the way the team has progressed since the start of the season. Um, cl- clearly, the, those wins at the beginning were not, uh, you know, um, a testament to the team buying into his system and passing with flying colors. Sari has got to take it upon himself to make some changes to the way he plays. He's got to be a bit more pragmatic. I think he's being very idealistic. And if even if not um, as a long-term thing, he's got to do some firefighting right now and he's got to make some changes. That's what I, I think I think that's what any, any manager worth the salt would do, especially when they know that their job is um, it's it's very much on the line and they're they're a Chelsea football club. So I think that's what needs to be done. But as I said, it is papering over the cracks because where we find ourselves right now, we're calling ourselves Arsenal. People are calling us Arsenal. Um, and I, I think we can all agree that there is that sentiment of, you know, us being pushovers uh, this season. Uh, we, we have got to that point because it's a culmination of the way the club has been run for a number of years put together. So I think despite addressing the, some issues in the short term, which run day to day, things have to change from higher up uh, in the in the hierarchy and the overall plan for the club, if there is one. Uh, so yeah, that's the short term and the long term. They're two very different games. Okay. And personnel-wise, uh, I mean, I agree with everything you just said because that, I mean, it seems obvious that it, it isn't just down to the manager and uh, also to the players, but that the board also has to do something. But mm-hmm. what what tweaks would Maurizio Sarri have to do? I mean, you, I know you just broadly uh, uh, mentioned um, mentioned some, but with names now, what what yeah. what what could one do there? Because we will be also talking about um Chelsea's youth you know I mm-hmm. mean there are I openly uh confess to believing that playing certain youth players would be far more um potent and would bring far better results than playing some of the veterans we have what mm-hmm. what what which ones could there be and um once you've given your answer Andy you can just take um straight mm-hmm. from there uh, right. So, in terms of uh, long-term solutions, that is what you're asking. Um, both for now okay. and right, also long-term. Right, right, right. Um, so right now, I think a few changes Sari could make to his game. I mean, to his to the way he sets up things overall are one: do, do not stick to the same set of players for a long time, especially not the ones that are in the team right now. Um, at first, I'd like to say that. Andreas Christensen deserves more minutes than he has right now, not because he's a youth player, but because um, Rudiger and Luis have some obvious shortcomings which have been brought to the fore lately. And I think that um, Christensen looked good alongside Luis, and I think Rudiger should be given a rest for a few games. So that that is one of the one of the changes I would make. Christensen is just a more level head in defense overall, and. Um, Rudiger and uh, Luis together, um, not as much. 
so that is one change another change is give Jorginho a rest as well and in doing so as i said make a few tweaks to the to the tactics them tactics themselves so um we know that there's no fabricas at the club anymore but um kovacic is more than competent at playing that sort of role not exactly the regista mm-hmm. but he can fill in there um with i mean with not so much of a narrow focus on short passing because i think kovacic has much more in his locker, in his locker so firstly to deviate a little from the regista system and give jorginho a rest because he has played non stop from the start the next thing is um that left side of the midfield is a very very important area that is where a player has to for me that's where a lot of our creativity should, creativity should be coming from uh kovacic has played there um in the past barkley loftus cheek alternatively if kovacic is not um played as the you know deep lying playmaker if he's played as a, a left sided midfielder i think sari should take the reins off him a little bit because kovacic's main strength is dribbling he's very good at dribbling and we need more penetration more creativity from that left side of midfield which is what ruben loftus cheek currently offers more than the likes of ross parkley um but kovacic can also i feel that he's being restrained due to the constraints of the system and he should be he should be unleashed so to speak in that role uh another thing is uh callum hudson adoy again not because he's a youth player but he is a much more direct option on the wing uh whether it's on the right or the left and see it's not it's not as if um willian or pedro or or, or even hazard are playing in the best form of their lives right now um we could really use a breath of fresh air uh, on on that right hand side if not if hazard is really unshakable from that left you know so um i i noticed that uh, not only hudson adoy's directness which we saw against sheffield wednesday we saw that um, he was quite direct with the ball but his end product was lacking a little bit but i also noticed that his movement um, made it pretty it made it pretty easy for aspeliqueta to um, get get forward in a more comfortable manner i feel that um, full backs are very important to sari's system and that is something he won't deviate from uh Marcos who, who Marcos Alonso or Emerson whoever is the left back underlaps a lot um but but the right back is uh, usually the one who stays a little wider and Aspeliqueta is um, my personal opinion is that he's been a better left back than a right back but i felt that yeah Callum's uh, direct movement uh, on and off the ball um facilitated Aspeliqueta to have um more freedom on the right hand side so I would put Callum Hudson-Odoi on that right-hand side and I would probably put Loftus-Cheek uh, or Kovacic in a more uh, offensive-oriented role down that left side of midfield and Christensen at the back. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think I've encapsulated just about everything that I think Sari should do. Well, in my humble opinion there some players who shouldn't even being uh, shouldn't even be in the mention or anywhere near a mention for a first team spot unfortunately our squad is not big enough so um i think after a performance like manchester city um ross barkley was atrocious so give him a rest um uh, some some stuff he did was just like turning not turning up and then doing that stupid mistake for the third goal was just uh, can't we really, um find words for that Then um yeah Marcus Alonso 
after that performance, we also should know that he's not capable of playing anymore. Um, apparently, he had a fallout with Maurizio Sarri after the game. Uh, I don't know if that is true. Um, really? That's yeah, something new. I hadn't heard that. Apparently, <laughs> apparently he told him off and, and told him that uh, he should find another job because he's useless, useless as playing football. Wow, wait, okay. wait. Sorry, <laughs> said that to him. Apparently, apparently. Wait, yeah, sorry is all of Twitter. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I just, uh, just interrupt you there. But what blows my mind then is why the actual fuck does he continue <laughs> to use him there? There are mm. options. Emerson, if he doesn't like him, use Aspilicueta there and place Apicost on the right. Apicost isn't liked by many Chelsea fans, but at least he has been. Average to decent when called upon in Maurizio Sarri's system. He just, it just works better than Marcos Alonso on the left. Anything would be better. Why the hell did he play him than yesterday? Any yeah. blind man could have seen. Anyone with... Uh, even my girlfriend, and she hates football, would have known that someone who is always slow will get torn apart by someone who is agile and has pace to burn. That is common sense. I'm sorry, that just pisses me off. So please continue while I <laughs> rate. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And what we also said yesterday while the game, while watching the game, um, our wingers are holding on way too long to the ball. Eden Hazard can get away with it um, as he is uh, a brilliant talent and um, can create something on his own. But Pedro and William can't. Pedro sometimes runs around like a headless chicken and uh, plays in the completely wrong directions, running 40 yards backwards and, and, and some stupid stuff. So um, I'm all in favor of Hudson Odoi playing in that position because he's more direct. And he's playing actually that one and two touch football that Sari wants to see. So um, Hudson Odoi should be, should be having that spot in his pocket already. Um, other than that, what lacks in that team is characters and players who do really want to play for Chelsea. There's there's not enough players in the squads who are proper Chelsea. I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek might be the only one uh, where I can really say he wants to play for Chelsea and all the other players. And you always see it when someone new arrives to the club says, well, um, I always wanted to go to England and I'm happy to play in the Premier League. That is the best team in the uh, best league in the world. But yeah, of course... You could also say that when you go to Tottenham or to Arsenal. And I I think it, it wouldn't make any difference for most players where they play in the Premier League because they just want to have a big paycheck and live in London. It's a, it's a nice life and I do understand it. But no one is bleeding blue blood um, at this club except for Loftus-Cheek, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I think it would be... Uh, a good thing if we got more of these players in and of course these players are out on loan and there are a few names um, I want also to mention here and Ram can take it away from there because he is someone who knows them inside out I want I think by the summer I want uh, Reese James back at the club I want Mason Mount back at the club and maybe even Tomori back at the club um, what do you think about that one? Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I think that this summer, the club has to go some way in addressing what they really want. Uh, because uh, I think they're pretty clueless, clueless right now. And 
not to deviate too much, but uh, while I'm on this topic, I'd just like to mention what Guardiola said in his uh, pre-match press pre conference. He said, I mean, he was asked about why Sari has so many issues with implementing a system and everything. He said, uh, Pep happened to mention that he chose Manchester City over Chelsea. Uh, he didn't exp explicitly mention Chelsea, but um, I'm pretty, pretty sure that was implied. He said this, uh, he, he chose Manchester City because uh, they had a plan. They had a vision and their director of football was someone who knew him from his days at Barcelona as a player. Basically, their director of football was someone who had been in football for a very long time. Uh, not to say that uh, Marina Kranovskaya does not have business acumen. She really does. She's excellent at it. We, we've, we've seen that. But yeah, we we need a director of football because that goes some way in giving us a direction. So this this summer, Chelsea should be looking at some players who are impressing out on loan. And they, they need to look towards re-establishing that core of uh, quote-unquote proper Chelsea, as uh, Andy just mentioned, because there are very few players who, well, I, I don't mean to sound cliched, but really get it. You know, they, they'd, they'd run through a brick wall for the club. Yeah. Uh, it, may, it may sound, uh, you know, overly metaphorical and stuff. But no, it makes make sense. I, yeah, yeah I, I believe this to be true. And there are a lot of youngsters who have come through the ranks since the age of like eight and nine. Like Andy mentioned, Mason Mount is one of them. Reese James is another one of them. Uh, even Tomori. So yeah, I'd, um, first I'd like to talk about Reese James. So lately I think the hype, is in, hype has been picking up on that one because I'm seeing Reese James get a lot of love on social media these days, which is very good to see because he he's um, usually been one of those people who goes relatively unnoticed. Um, uh, he, so his manager, um, Paul Cook at Wigan Athletic mentioned that, uh, Reese was brought in as defensive cover in their squad and, you know, their, their player of the season last, last year was, uh, Nathan Byrne who plays right back usually. And within two training sessions, it was apparent that Reese James was not going to be like, a, a, a player who was there for cover. So that goes to show, I mean, the level that uh, he has seen in Reese James after just making the step up from under-23s football. And that has translated over to his minutes on the pitch. Uh, ever since the first game he's played till the last one he played in central midfield, Reese James has been excellent. He has, He's a dead ringer for Wigan's player of the season, in my opinion. And probably he's probably going to be up there for uh, the championship young player or EFL young player of the year award as well, because um, he has shown maturity well beyond his years in his first year in professional football. He is just so composed on the ball. He uses his physicality really well. And obviously there's his excellent crossing technique, which suits that game because it's heavily crossing oriented. So Reese James, uh, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, um, I think all he needed to be ready for say the premier league, or even Chelsea, was one year of mental development, getting used to the rigors of the men's game. Uh, so he's currently undergoing that. Um, Touchwood, he has not had any injuries yet. So hopefully he gets through the whole 46-game season um, fit. But he is, in my opinion, probably the closest to the Chelsea squad um, alongside the likes of Tammy Abraham, maybe, and uh, Mason Mount. So... And and right back is 
an area where i mean we are sorely lacking quality right now because zapacosta has never convinced me and aspeliqueta um i i mentioned that i thought he was a better left back than he is right back right now and he he is still a good one on one defender but i think the days of him being well, you know one of the best one on one defenders in the world are fading uh i love him but i think he is um past his peak now so this is actually the perfect time to bed in um an emerging talent like reese james because it's it's crazy like i'm sure in the summer there are going to be premier league clubs inquiring about this lad that chelsea have had on his books uh, on their books sorry and he hasn't played a single minute of football for them i read a report by um alan nixon on the sun recently saying that uh, brighton and crystal palace are interested in reese james and you know while he's still playing at wigan and if reese james um can be considered by i'm not saying that they're the same as chelsea but if he can be considered as a player who can play in the premier league there's no reason why he can't at least have a backup role or a regular rotation minutes in our squad so i think he's one of the players who chelsea need to phase in um also if i'm not rambling too much um you guys know aaron van bissaka right from crystal palace mm-hmm. um you know how he's having his breakout season and everything and uh, they, they to be fair they, oh yeah so sorry yeah. Yeah, they they really love him there yeah exactly and he's he's getting noticed by a lot of us football fans in general um outside of just crystal palace um obviously and uh i'd like to compare aaron van bissaka to reese james because van bissaka if i'm not wrong he was not involved with the england um youth teams at any level he was uh, not particularly hailed as an exceptional talent during his time at the youth ranks and he was almost about to go on loan to a league 2 side uh, last january but uh, i think they had a bit of uh, an injury crisis at that time so roy hodson threw him in in one game and then he just kept going he gave him a run of about 5 games kept him out uh, for fitness's sake a couple of games but that run in the side has been so important for one bisaka that he is now being mentioned in the same rumors as ben chilwell saying that guardiola wants him in his side next season and uh, all the top clubs are looking at them so do you do you realize how fine the margins are you, you know that uh, harry kane was pretty mediocre in all his loan spells a run of games is what got him to where he is right now it's 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 crazy if you look at it like that because you know chelsea uh, it's not like chelsea are filled with um middling prospects at you at youth level who don't particularly win anything or, or something like that uh we are we are you know spoon fed with prospects who are held in high regard by it seems everyone except us i don't see why we can't give a run to someone like reese james or mason mount and look to establish them as regulars in the side next season onwards it will go a huge way towards building a core The question the what the question is of course how much time will he be given for that yeah that, that's, uh, that's the problem yeah i yeah, mean that we we won't know until uh probably the next heavy defeat but so i mean it doesn't look good i i i don't think that they will sack him either as you said before because um they're trying to you know finally give a manager a chance but if they want to implement this 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 philosophy 
as badly as they do or as it's reported, then they have to stick by him. There's no other way. And consequences have to finally be uh, taken on player level, not just manager level. And I mean, board level, of course, but that's not going to happen. So certain players, the toxic, in my opinion, I just wanted to add that, but because this constant moaning about sacking managers while we have Conte, we have Jose and now Sari, they always let them down. This down tooling that happens, it's got to stop. I, I, I the, There are certain players that have been doing this for years. They intoxicate the new arrivals. It's just going to continue until the club sets a sign and sacrifices whoever is one of those culprits you know I, I personally think mostly it will be an attack and it saddens me to say but I think that Eden Hazard leaving even though he's the, arguably with Zola the best footballer to have ever played for Chelsea Football Club on a technical level uh, you know in regard to ability maybe it's time because we have been too heavily reliant on him we need to change things up and same goes for William and Pedro that who also liked to down tool very much, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's always the same. Otherwise most other players have been here, uh, only for a short while with the exception of, for example, um, Kante who doesn't down tool. He just may have a bad day, but he doesn't do that. David Luiz, but he doesn't seem as if he's not trying to play for the manager. He's just not good enough anymore. So I agree with you. I just wanted to echo your sentiment that Andres Christensen should be given a chance. And Antonio Rudiger hasn't always been good. He criticized Conte as well. I mean, not that I dis- disagreed with him back then, but still, you know, he 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 has also been crap. And if he, I can think of, uh, you know, him being able to down tool if he doesn't like it, he seems like that kind of an emotional guy. And if I'm not mistaken, that did happen for a brief period at Stuttgart. But um, I can only vaguely remember reading that up once. Um, yeah, so lots of crap going on. Very few solutions that will be really happening, probably, even though we do have several that we proposed here today. Uh, I think we will have to come to an end, as we have already been uh, recording for I think approximately 50 minutes. So, um, yeah, it's all crap at the moment, but let's just hope that things pick up again. We don't really have any other choice. Um, Ram, as always, despite the sad occasion, it was great to have you on the show. Really, really, really loved your insights and proposals for the future in regard to our lone players, as well, of course, uh, as Andy's. Um, I think it's that time of the show where we will plug each other or in this case, plug our guests. So Ram, take it away. Yeah. So I, I think Jimmy's already mentioned my Twitter handle and I, I made that when I was like 14, so it's pretty badly spelt. <laughs> anyway, you can see that in the tweet, but, um, I, I would like to plug something other than football. So I, I play bass guitar for a band. We're called Project Mishram, and we fuse genres um, such as M.U. Western genres such as metal, jazz, reggae, blues, uh, with South Indian classical music called Carnatic music. So, my band is going to tour the UK in July, 
we got called to the Nottingham uh, Tech Fest in Newark um, in July, and where we, we will be playing uh, some shows in other cities as well. So it would mean a lot if you would check out my band Project Mishram, M-I-S-H-R-A-M, on uh, any platform you like, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, we're all there. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I can only very much encourage everyone to um, follow Ram in that respect. I mean, we, we only found out today. I've Once again, huge congratulations, uh, Ram. Uh, can't wait to hear from you how your tour goes. Um, yeah, otherwise, Andy, is there anything else to say? Not really, apart from uh, follow and listen to the Attacking Two podcast. Follow both Jimmy and myself on Twitter. Uh, handles in the description below. Um, watch us on YouTube. We are also present there. Every podcast is uploaded to YouTube, to iTunes, to Spotify, to Anchor. Um, choose your favorite platform and listen to us every week. Uh, with that being said, we are going to be back next week with a new episode. Uh, hopefully it's going to be a better time around uh, and we're not losing again in that kind of fashion. Uh, with that hope, uh, it's everything that we have to say today. Goodbye and keep the blue flag flying high.